0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Millennium Live. Very excited to be here. We got a great episode for our digital enterprise CIO assembly coming up. And today we're talking to a company that's on a mission to shorten the data to value cycle and to talk about Datorios, which is the company here. We have Asaf Cohen, better known as Pizer. He is the CRO at Datorios. Pizer, welcome to the podcast today. Happy to have you here.
1: Thank you, Connor. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of
0: course. So we're going to talk all about data and technology. And, and I want to hear just about to start off about yourself and, uh, and perhaps why, uh, what got you started uh, at Datorios.
1: Right. So, as you said, I'm a Southwest. Everybody calls me Pizer. It's a nickname I got in the army. Uh, I spent uh, most of my years serving my country at the uh, IDF, at Unit uh, 8200. It's the equivalent of the American uh, NSA. Uh, I retired after 26 years as the rank of colonel, after being the deputy commander of the unit, um, a position in which I led quite a significant changes both in data and cyber and changes that brought the unit. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but brought the unit to a place that uh, actually leads the world in uh, those fields, especially in cyber, and of course do, dealing a lot with uh, with data. Um, like my uh, friend and uh, co-founder of um uh, I've been dealing with data most of my life. Uh, I started it. Uh, I started my career. As an analyst, as data analyst, and progressed through the through the ranks until I was the commander of that organization within the unit within HQ 200. In in the unit, the organization is actually actually a combination of data engineers, data scientists, data analysis, Every everything is connected together. The, the main purpose of those is actually generate insight from huge amounts of diverse data to enable high, high quality and timely decision-making process. The decision-making that in most of the cases directly affected the security of the state of Israel and in most of the time, even the, all of the Western world. After I ended my military service a few years ago, I w- was looking, as well as my partners, to do something significant, to bring a solution to a really difficult question, problem, and our extensive experience in the world of data over 30 years of experience uh, led us uh, uh, to bring a solution to our our own frustration with how we dealt with data when we were in the ARG. A frustration that we learned to be the same in the most, if not all, organizations that actually want to do something with their uh, data. And two years ago, we set out with uh, "datarius," that actually means "data" in Latin, and to bring a solution uh, uh, to this field. And today, I look back very proud to see what we did and how we've been successful in that uh, arena.
0: That's an incredible story, Pizzer. Thanks for sharing that. And you know, you have a lot of experience. And then, uh, after decades of service, you know, in the Israeli elite intelligence forces. And I'm assuming there you were collecting data and connecting information. So what lessons may have you learned as leaders, as a leader in the Israeli Intelligence Unit? How did that impact the formation of Datorios and the solution that you're providing now?
1: Okay, great. So as I said, Torios was founded on our frustration with the way that it was handled. For me personally, I can point a significant event that brought me to the understanding of the depth of the gap and how much, how much a solution to this area is needed to be brought. Uh, back in uh, 2015, when uh, ISIL was carrying out terror attacks around the world, Unit 8200 provided a lot of information, a lot of data, to all of our airlines throughout the world, which allowed the warning and foiling of many of the attacks. Uh, one of the um, attacks that was published, the uh, cases that were published, uh, information was gathered about uh, two terrorists that planted explosives in a meat grinder and was about to detonate it on a, a plane that was supposed to uh, take off from Australia. Uh, a warning was sent to the and authorities, and the terrorists actually were caught two days before they, were, they intended to carry out the, the attack. It, it was a huge success. Two weeks after, an attack was carried on one of the capital of Europe. We were very, very frustrated that we weren't able to give a timely warning about this attack as well. And when we checked ourselves and looked back, we found out that actually we had, we had the, the, the relevant data. But the processing of it was delayed and not performed in time. At that point, I realized that not like what most of the people actually thought, it's not about the collection of the data, it's much more about handling it. Because suddenly I found out that it's actually we, we, um, we deal with just friction of the data itself. We have so much data, we can generate so many insights from it, but we actually use very little of it in order to bring uh, much more. While, you know, we spent amount of resources about storing the data, but we didn't extract relevant information from it. When we founded the toius it was clear to us that we had to bring a solution that significantly shortened the time of data handling and bring those responsible for the business question much closer to those actually responsible for the transformation of the data. It was clear to us that we must break the serial process, which is based on code that is getting heavier and heavier in light of the complexity of the data and create simply a more interactive process. And this is actually what we're doing. That's fascinating.
0: But I I wanna mention, because you mentioned your frustration about the way data was handled uh, during, during these military years, and now as a data leader, you know in today's data world, what do you think are the main challenges that we're seeing out here?
1: So actually, you know there are quite a few t- t- challenges when we talk about data. Everyone can point numerous of those, but if I try to focus on the main four, we mark for ourselves as the most significant. So, first of all, I start by saying the complexity and diversity of data. The world is going on producing more and more data. And as we go, there are more and more different formats of the data. The complexity of building data pipelines become very, very more and more complicated, especially when we're talking about maintaining them over time. Second, the reliance on code. It's getting heavier and heavier, as I said, along, the growing, uh, um, along with the growing sh- shortage of tech engineers. In fact, even when organizations have that uh, engineer, instead of investing them in the real complex, hard problem in the core of the business, they are forced to engage in the day-to-day chores of building pipelines to all kinds of uh, business questions. The third is the lack of holistic end-to-end solution for all the needs. You know, when we're talking about data handling, it doesn't end with building the data pipeline, but also it must require dealing with quality and visibility of the data. Today, in order to produce a solution organization, a must require to equip required to equip with countless partial solution whose direct cost and the cost of integration between them are very, very high. And the fourth, Last but certainly not least, cost, 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 and cost. If you want to master the world of data, many resources are, are required. Even organizations that think that their data infrastructure can be built cheaply and with minimal, in, minimal investment of personnel, discover very, very quickly that they are forced to pull in, in more and more resources in order to grow and maintain what is being created up to that point. As a result, only those who can invest many resources can drive insight from the data, but which gives them a significant advantage in the market. And it can't be like that because everybody has data. So everybody is allowed it, it must to build their own data uh, infrastructure and to gain insights from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Data is everywhere. And so, you know, those are some interesting challenges and very relevant complexity, reliance on code that end-to-end and of course cost. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, the uh, optimistic side of things. How would you describe your vision for the world of data?
1: You know, Connor, approximately two decades ago, um, when you looked at the uh, cellular communication, just those who possess uh, knowledge and resources could enjoy from it. Today, everybody has access, everybody can access uh, to the technology, can use, can choose, sorry, how to use it, and in very reasonable cost. You know, it's in the palm of your hand, actually. You can do whatever you want. This the STEM revolution uh, has to come to, to data. Data also needs to be able to become a commodity. So, Every data person in every organization would be able to consume it, transform it, and generate value from it, according to his or her business need, and all this at reasonable cost. that is adaptable to each of the organizations. I think that as a society, we should strive for a situation where organizations are able to handle all data using a very simple and affordable solution.
0: You talked about the desire for everyone to be able to generate insights from their data, and they have a lot of it. And the idea rings a bell that the endless discussions about code versus no code, what do you think is better to create uh, data pipelines with code or no code?
1: The, the question, you know, it's like asking me which religion is better or who I like more, my <laughs> father or my mother. I, I love them both.
0: <laughs> <all>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> In recent years, actually, there's been an inflation of number of no-code or low-code platforms. But those actually suffered from two main problems. First of all, engineers like to write code, and rightly so, by the way. And the second, lack of flexibility, because there is always a use case that will require a unique transformation of data, which cannot be done without code. On the other hand, relying on code makes data handling very, very slow, very, very complex, I talked about it already, and taking a lot of time, especially when we're dealing with the code maintenance. But the real question, corner is actually, why do we have to choose between the two? Why not enjoy both worlds? The ideal combination between, between them. The ability to handle data in code and perform maintenance or even building data pipeline without code were possible, and by those who actually that don't write code. In that way, it would be possible to enjoy both the flexibility provided by the code and the agility provided by the no-code.
0: Peter, I think I think you're on to something <laughs> there's definitely truth in what you're saying there's really no reason to choose but in another way to say it to allow the combination between them but i I want to return to the vision that you just first described you know you talked about this desire to make data a commodity and that sh- and it should be how do you think the issue can be realized given that you know, many resources that companies are currently investing in, in the integration of their data. Why is it so expansive and complicated to manage? I have a feeling of what we we're here to say.
1: <laughs> I, I think the main reason for the high cost lies in the, the main solution, the friction of solution, each of, a, each of which addresses a small part of the data handling process and each of which consume procurement and integration resources. In fact, today, an organization requires the solution for the extraction and sync phase of the data sources. Uh, the transformation phase, which sometimes is performed on uh, in the data warehouse itself, would generate additional costs. Monitoring of the data, visibility of the data, and if you want to reverse the process, so you need reverse EPL capabilities uh, as well. And by the way, I can go on and on about other issues as well. Each of those capabilities require investment of resources, often both financial and high quality of personnel. Another reason is the pricing configuration of the various data services companies. Companies should pay for the value they generate from the data, but as long as the pricing is based on the amount of data that enters the various platform, the cost will only increase if the amount of data is only increasing you. I'll tell you a secret. There is no reason for this pricing configuration other than the company decides to increase profits. So I have an
0: idea. Let's Let's take this code and power it with great technology, which is where you guys come in. So in what ways? Do you see Datorios contributing in, in an ideal data world?
1: So I've waited for this question, of course, of course. <laughs> You know, uh, in a world of diverse data that is constantly changing, Datorios actually solves the challenging of building data pipelines and make it simple and enjoyable task. By using Datorios capabilities, the time it takes to build data pipelines can be reduced dramatically and at the friction of the current cost. with the Toyos organization can handle more data without the need to increase the number of data experts on the, on the team. The Toyos allowed its customers to run their code in the ideal orchestration environment, SAS or on-prem, with complete code and no code flexibility to design, implement, monitor the data pipeline using the power of Apache Kafka and the Kubernetes. But it's even more than that. Data infrastructure today needs to be the cradle for data discovery, data quality, validation, correction, and visibility. And it shouldn't be an add-on, but an integrated and essential part of the infrastructure of the organization. And that's what the toys do. Our customer can connect, transform, and observe the data in high performance, increasing data to buy efficiency, and all of this, in mean, at a very reasonable cost because the tutorials our customer pay according to the value they obtain the data and not according to the amount of data that passes through the platform. Actually, I invite everybody to try to send them uh, themselves. You know, I'm talking with quite a lot of people and when we describe our solution, some of them say, hey, it can't be. But when we show them what we do and let them try it by themselves, actually
0: discover that it can be done actually we did it that's that's awesome teaser and I, I can't let you go this has been a great conversation but i can't let you go until i know what the future looks like for tutorials there are limitless possibilities on a platform made for any environment of any size all in the most secure setting so what in what ways do you see Datorius growing further? And what does the future really look like in the next two to five years in this space?
1: So, you know, due to the fact that as I said, the amount of data is just going to be increased as we go and the complexity as well, we are going to go on and try to make make it even simpler. To bring some ads on to allow you to actually monitor the data in a way, that you will be able to get alerts about what is going on with the data when when you work with it. We're going to let you visualize the data as long as you build the pipeline. So you'll be able to stop in any phase and say, hey, something is not as I imagined it to be. You'll be able to go back and change it quite easily to the configuration. And Mm -hmm. when I look even much further, I think we'll be able to uh, learn how you build your pipeline and give you some advice. Then. How is the best way to go? What is the best transformer you should add? Maybe you should actually go and write some Python in order to finish the pipeline, or actually, we build it already for you. We build another layer with the, the platform that exists in now. But actually, nowadays the toys have the functionality that allow you to go on and do some miracles and You
0: don't even need to wait for the future. That's so awesome. Kesar, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Thank you for joining Millennium Live and talking about tutorials and the solution that you provide. Thank you. uh, And we'll see you in Denver.
1: Yes, definitely. Thank you very much, Brian.